This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, in all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. Okay, you guys, welcome to this new episode, I'm not sure what number it is, of Dunzo. Um, I'm super, super, super excited about today's episode because, as you guys know, I've introduced this, like, album review, kind of, like, looking back retrospective of albums that have meant a lot to me in the past, and I have yet to have, I've had Britney fans on the podcast, but I've never had a stan on the podcast, somebody that I would consider, like, an equal, somebody that's, like, you know, who just like has a shorthand of all this crazy Britney Spears info. And I'm really super excited. I'm here today with Jenna, AKA holler at me. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. How is your, how is your like quarantine and everything going? I was leaning in for a while, feeling pretty good, but this last week has been hard to be honest. Um, It was next week and we had to cancel my party and I'm a little sad, but this has made it much better having to rewatch some of the Onyx Hotel stuff and listen to In the Zone in like completely without skipping a track that I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I should say today uh, we are, it was really hard for me to kind of like pin down an album that I wanted to talk about when it comes to Britney. But In the Zone, I've talked about on this podcast kind of passing or passively in the past. What? Uh, and I just, I feel like it deserves more than like a 10 minute side conversation while I'm talking about Columbus Short. Like, I just feel like it deserves a little bit more. It means so much to me and I know it means a lot to you. Um, so I guess like just kind of starting off, like when this album came out, like where were you in life? I remember very well where I was. I was at junior college in Santa Rosa, California. And I went to the record store that was right next to my college and bought the physical CD and then put it in my handheld CD Walkman that I had all the time because I was a dance major in college. So I was always like choreographing in the parking lot and had, you know, those Sony CD player discmans that you could put on your hand and had a strap. Oh, hell yeah. And all the time. So that's the first time I listened to In The Zone. I went to the record store and got it, listened to it right there. And honestly, I couldn't get past Toxic. And then I listened to Toxic on repeat for like two days before I even listened to the rest of the album. I mean, do you remember the feeling of hearing that song for the first time and being like, what in the fuck is this? I got so hyped. Just it like was, this craziness. Like the first time I heard Slave For You. Yeah. Because the thing that I know that you'll understand, and I'm so excited to just have, like, a shorthand with you, is, like, you understand, like, weird me. Like, you understand how weird Britney's music is. And a lot of her music has been around for so long that people have kind of, like, we're just used to it. Like, Toxic is, like, you know, it's her namesake. I always say it's the song that will, like, 
always describe her. She's always going to be like the toxic singer, you know? It's like, it's... The only Grammy she's ever won is for that song. And it's straight guys' favorites. So that's like the, the gateway song, I would say, for people that aren't into Britney. You can play them toxic and they'll, they'll like that song at least. Yeah, they can't deny it. Then they always say like, I'm not going to lie. That song's fucking good. I remember when it came, they always have some like folklore tale of like how they accepted it, a pop song into their life and how brave they are because of it. Um, <laughs> but Britney's music is super weird and Toxic is an extremely weird song. Whenever I try and explain weird Britney to people, I'm like, have you ever heard a song like Toxic in your life? And they actually sampled an Indian song to make that song. Yeah, wasn't it like a, like a Bollywood soundtrack song or something? Which I didn't know for years until recently, till the last couple of years, someone wrote an article or something. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. It's wild. I remember when this album came out, I was, uh, I was a, about to graduate high school. I was like approaching, I guess, graduating high school. And uh, I was a manny. <laughs> I was a professional babysitter. Ew. And uh, the little girl that I babysat, I was basically just friends with this family. We would just like hang out and I would watch this, this lady's kid. But she also had a teenage daughter who was like super wild and rebellious and like couldn't be bothered to babysit her own sister as she's home. So we all just kind of hung out. And uh, she and I, she had like a boom box because it was like 2003. So of course she had a boom box on her floor. And we would just blare this fucking album. Like her house would be rattling. You could hear it from up the street. Like, it was completely inappropriate. But it was just, like, it was amazing. I'd love to, like, all of a sudden you're walking your dog. And then you hear, like, we're going to the club to get crunk with Britney. (laughs) (laughs) You're yanging who? Uh, (laughs) So so I guess I should make it clear. Like, even right now, like, I'm looking at you on Zoom and you're literally surrounded by... Like, you're never not surrounded by Britney. So if I guess I should, like, before we even get... She's always with me. <laughs> we should, like, I, I want to know, like, your Britney origin story. How did you become a Britney Spears fan? I was in seventh grade, and Baby One More Time came out, and that was it for me. I was a convert after that. I even stopped, list- like, I listened to NSYNC first. Well, okay, I grew up listening to a lot of hippie music. My mom's a deadhead, so I grew up listening to, like, a bunch of rock and new wave and, like, hippie jam band stuff growing up. Mm-hmm. So, from and my mom, the only pop she really liked was Madonna and George Michael, which is, like, taste. Yeah. Um, and Prince. And so I grew up listening to a little bit of pop, but not really. And so me getting into bubblegum pop was almost like a rebellion to my hippie roots. because. I like my mom is just not into that shit at all mm-hmm. and um after that came out I was kind of it for me I really loved Christina Aguilar's first album and stripped of course but like I was never a Christina fan and I was a dancer I was a gymnast growing up and a cheerleader oh, yeah. team and so my dream from that day forward was to become one of her dancers Wow, that's like checking off so many boxes, too, because you're a gymnast and a dancer, so you could probably do a backflip. I just thought I could be her if I had had a stage mom. And as a kid, I'd always wanted to be, like, a model or an actress or something. And my mom was like, well, who's going to take you to the auditions? I have to work. And so I never did, but I thought I could. I always pictured myself, like, on a soap opera, maybe, or, you know, as a pop star. And then I was like, you know, Britney doesn't have the best voice. Like, sorry, I'm not one of those stands that like thinks she's actually Mariah or like Whitney. <laughs> right. No offense. I'm like live in reality, but 
like I could do that if I had some voice training I could sing as well as Britney Spears and so I always just like thought like wow she's killing it she's doing it I never watched the Mickey Mouse Club I so I didn't know who she was when she uh, came out with her single I had no other like frame of reference for her yeah same I, I wasn't a Mickey Mouse Club head either um but I remember being just super 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 influenced by her origin story kind of in the same way of like you know, like she was just so driven, as I always say, and her, you know, Lynn was so willing to give up everything for her eight-year-old's dream of going to Tampa and auditioning for pop music or whatever. Like, to me, that was just like, I was like, wow, she is the greatest parents. <laughs> I was like, her parents are fucking amazing and they're supporting her dream. Like, that was like, I was like, God, I wish my mom would like give up her job to drive me to like Swamp, Florida to audition for Lou Pearlman you know what I mean like and then like now that I know more of the origin story like that like Jamie was an alcoholic and he was mm -hmm. a, we're really escaping that kind of family life through this like like moving to New York for Ruthless was a great way to get away from Jamie yeah which it, it's kind of sad like Brittany was really their saving grace from a shitty situation and sh she really had a lot of pressure on her as a kid to do something so that they could do something except for like you know be with Jamie and like I think they ran a hair salon yeah it's so sad when you think about what was like when you look at her as a little girl I always say like you know she is not even being sarcastic like she is very um she has like a drive that a child I just shouldn't have like she has like an adult's drive to make it because it's like all they have like it's like she's aware of like the mortgage and her dad's credit card debt and that he like opened a gym that is failing. Like she, you could tell she like knows all those things and that's really sad. Yeah. And I was watching interviews from 2004 uh, also just to get some context of like what she was even, I can't like all the years blur together at this point. Cause it's been oh, yeah. so long to like see what was going on during in the zone. And she has such crazy work ethic. And she was saying like, I've taken three weeks off in the last five years, three weeks. Yeah. I read that too. I was like, fuck, dude. And she had to beg for it. And she, I think she barely even got that. Larry pushes her so hard. He continues to do so. And I actually have a theory that she's not making music anymore as a rebellion to her management and her dad's so that they can't make money anymore. And that's why they started the In The Zone walkthrough Instagram pop-up because there was no other way to make money from her. 1,000% uh, agree with you. It's like, it's like a, it's like a nonviolent protest on her part. Yeah, she has such little freedom that it's like, it's like, it's actually ironic because it's like she can't do simple things like drive a car or like, you know, go take money out of the ATM on her own or whatever. But she can refuse to record albums that make these people millions of dollars, you know, and it's like, it is kind of like the ultimate fuck you because it's like the only thing you can't get her to do is sing. Do you ever feel like COVID is like the equalizer between us now and Britney Spears since like we're all stuck in our house now <laughs> sometimes I think about like wow this is like <laughs> disabled people go through every day this is what like Britney Spears can't leave her house she can't just like walk down the street and now like we're not allowed to either I wonder if this like how this feels to her we're all just like inside painting like gnomes with her <laughs> yeah <laughs> Really have been doing like not gnomes but I've definitely had my Britney Spears moment where I'll like eat an edible and then like sit at my desk and paint a bunch of like stupid shit and then I'm like wow I can really see why the, like Britney finds this soothing 
You know, that actually like transitions into one of my favorite things about this time in her life is that even though she was overworked to hell and she seemed to just be like grasping and clawing at like any opportunity to do something for herself. And the fucked up thing is like, it's not even like she wanted to not work. She just wanted a break. Like she was into doing the music. She just wanted a moment to like chill out and be with her boyfriend. Even before she had a boyfriend, I was watching some of these interviews and it was before KFED. It was like after I looked at some of the dates and it was like, she got married to Jason Alexander in Vegas, January of 2004. Then she did this whole tour and the show I saw was on March 9th. And then the Miami thing was on March 28th and she had dyed her hair brown at that point because Mm. the or before that was blonde like normal we all know Brittany when she dyes her hair brown she's going through it so mm-hmm. thing happened in between like that winter after getting married and starting the show that like once she was on tour probably became too much for her and that's when I think she met KFED because yeah. they canceled the shows um May I believe something like that and I was supposed to go to an August show and then they got married in September Fed and, and Brittany. So like that whole year, 2004 was crazy for her as far as that goes. And she was saying that even before she had Kevin in her life, that she just wanted to go on vacation and not have paparazzi around and just like be able to be silly without everyone judging her. And so I yeah. think, she, I think that's like Kevin really just showed up at, at the perfect time for her to need a distraction and get love bombed. I'm sure he love bombed the shit out of her. Fuck yeah. And he probably gassed her up like, bitch, yeah, take a fucking week off. You deserve it. Like, you work so hard. Like, just tell them no. Me in bed all day. You know how some boyfriends are like, oh, babe, don't go to work. Just come and, like, suck my dick some more. Like, that was for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, she was like, I say all the time, she was, like, getting her fucking brains fucked out. That was probably the best dick she's ever had, even to this day. Mm, I think, I don't know. I think she's had really good one-night stands. Yeah. But I consistent dick, yes, that's probably true. You know, just like that. I mean, I literally call it K-Fed dick. It's like the the dick that makes you um run your credit into the ground. Oh. Leah McSweeney would say, good dick will imprison you. <laughs> can't fuck, which is they're both true. <laughs> that's my that's just my housewife's tagline. Good dick will imprison you with like a slit up my dress. I'm so glad she's a housewife now because I've been a fan of hers for like 10 years. And this is such a fun full circle moment for me personally. Because like my brand is like Britney Spears and Married to the Mob like as far as what people know about me so yeah. it's very exciting I actually haven't even watched the episodes because I'm like saving it for a special moment or something I, I don't know I need to watch she gives you everything that you'll want and 20 times more it's like actually like psych- it's insane how much she fits into the show like it's her show now that's so great I love her she's controversial and polarizing but so is Brittany and I think that's what I like in female role models is people who are unapologetically themselves that's yeah. it. I, you know, don't apologize for who you are. You're not hurting anyone. Britney Spears never hurt anyone a day in her life, and she gets so much ridicule. Yeah, and like one of the things that I guess, kind of like piggybacking off of that, one of the things that I always say that I love about this specific time in her life is that she, in her personal life maybe wasn't really able to kind of like break free the way that she hoped that she would but musically it was like she finally was able to 
start like experimenting and doing things that she had been talking about wanting to do for so long. Like her in quotes funky album. Yeah. Um, urban. Yeah, more urban, you know, just working with like just a, a a motley crew of just weird random producers who, you know, view her as like this blank canvas muse to just kind of like put art onto, which is literally what she is. And, you know, it's just like, I call it her Drew Barrymore time because it's just like, it's like her ray of light era. It is. It's the perfect mix of the Britney album and Blackout, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of bops and then mm-hmm. there's a lot of ballads but the ballads are actually good like i kind of forgot that every time and shadow were both on this album i forgot that too i kind i don't know why i like didn't remember that but then whenever like i guess i always i don't really i don't know what i don't know i always i like every time's not my favorite I actually shadow is my favorite ballad but i hate ballads but shadow is the best one i think but i didn't realize like two of her best ballads are on this one album because her other ballads aren't good like don't let me be the last to know is not good there's a lot like passenger not good uh so i'm gonna fight you when don't let me be the last to know there's shania twain involvement i'm sorry i'm homosexual i wait what i said there's shania twain involvement i i I can only you know yeah her and mutt really yeah they wrote it and sent it to her so they never got to meet but it is it's a shania twain song i could see that Right? Like that twanginess in the background. Yeah. Huh. Um, but yeah, that's just like, I always say, even though I do think Blackout is an obviously an incredible album, it's an, an album that's incredible out of like pain and like kind of like sadness and a really dark time. Whereas like, I do think, I think that, I, I guess I wouldn't say that this was her actual ray of light, but I think that Britney would have been capable of a real, for real, like, I'm going to have a baby and create like a masterful piece of artwork while I'm pregnant moment after in the zone. And I think that was kind of taken away from her. And what we got was amazing, obviously, but it is kind of just interesting to think about like what her music trajectory would have looked like if she looked like if she hadn't gone through what she went through. I don't know. That's a good question. Like part of me thinks she would have done the Rihanna thing and just put out a new album every year or two years or whatever, just boom, boom, boom. And then Mm -hmm. take a really long break. But then what she was saying in one of the interviews of this one is that in the zone took two years to make, and it was the longest time she's ever worked on an album because if I'm not mistaken, oops was made like in three weeks or something. Um, Yeah they just wanted to piggyback off the success of the first album so I think she was getting really into like the process and you know she's a really bossy person and she's really creative so she has an idea and she wants to execute her idea like I've heard countless stories from different directors and producers and people that she's worked with saying that, like you know Britney had a clear idea of what she wanted and she wanted it this way and this is how we were going to do it and so I think she was just really taking control of her sound but with that process, she was probably giving up control over other stuff. And that's exactly. her way. Yeah, there's some actually some really interesting, um, interesting stories of just the recording process of this time. Even just some like basic ass like Wikipedia, like just like crazy, like you said, of her just being like unapologetically like, I either like this or I don't. There's this one really funny story that I read where she was writing music with one of the guys from LCD Sound System. And they were like laying on the floor, like head to head, like writing stuff, but it wasn't working out. 
And um, he was like, you know, she's a very just like, I immediately know what I like. And if I don't like it, she will immediately tell you. And uh, it wasn't working. So she like stood up and she was like, I'm going to go to dinner. And she left and like never came back. And he was like laying on the floor waiting for her, but she just like never came because it wasn't working out. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love stories like that. I Um, love LCD sound system worked with Britney too because that's different. That's such a different sound than what she has. I know. I just would imagine that for a producer or writer or anybody, that like working with her is like the greatest thing because she can just do anything. Like she can just pull off any kind of sound. I know. She she um was one of the very first people on Blackout to do a dubstep song, actually. Yeah. Alex, I think, like told that went on record saying that like she literally I I know I always say this but she literally is just like a blank canvas and whatever you decide to put on it it's that's you and then she'll just do it so like what are some of your like I guess album like highlights and lowlights from in the zone like the songs that really mean something to you or vice versa um I think touch of my hand is probably her best song and I think it's her favorite song also she's gone on record saying and when they added that to the piece of me show it was so special because they had was that what they added or did they had breathe on me one of those those two songs I think go hand in hand as far as like masturbatory um (laughs) so good um you know, what I think about a lot is Outrageous and how Outrageous was never my favorite song, but it's so iconic and only became more iconic because the video shoot had to oh end flee because of her knee injury. And what's crazy is that even though we have photos from that time of her and Snoop and her wearing a couple different outfits from the day, we have never heard Snoop's lyrics. Yeah. Like, where is that? Who has that? I want to hear it. Like, what was he going to say on the remix? Because I know she, like, brought in the Yang Yang twins, she said, to make it more hip-hop. And she heard them on the radio, she said, and thought they sounded funny. And so, like, the thing is, like, what could Snoop Dogg have said? Like, like there's a video of her licking his face. Or, like, yeah. Photo. So it's, like, I, it's got to be funny. <laughs> you know, that's so ironic. It's funny that you bring up Outrageous because – so the only other – album review I've done so far was with Russ Martin and we did Art Pop and you know like a major part of Art Pop was like R. Kelly's involvement in that album and how he kind of like you know played a really big part in it like tanking basically and it's just ironic like that this is an R. Kelly song and it's the song that like took her knee from us (laughs) and now it's why everyone just calls her knee it's like it's really an iconic moment it is an iconic moment uh yeah, Touch of My Hand is probably in my top five favorite Britney songs. And I read that it was the first, it was the first song that they wrote, that she wrote for this album. And it kind of set the tone for the rest of the entire album, which makes complete sense. It's like very in that vein. Yeah. Um, but like, one of the things I also love is compare, I mean, I always compare Britney to Madonna because I just can't help it, especially around this time. Neither can and, she. exactly and uh I just I love but also am so perplexed by her sexuality during this time kind of like coming to this like weird head where like she was the most open and sort of free publicly about her sexuality I mean touch of my hand is 
easily the most sexual song that she's ever written. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people compare it to like Madonna's, you know, like erotica, like that this is like her sex book, you know? Yeah, she did put out a book at this time too, but it wasn't as sexy as, as the sex book. That would have been tight though. What was it oh called? Stages? You, you know the book Stages? Stages. Oh. It was like a black and white, large coffee table book. Yes. <laughs> oh, my favorite documentary too. That's a really good like documentary if anybody's bored, which I know you all are. It's on YouTube in full. It's like... It's good. It's when she goes to Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's so... Again, it's very much her truth or dare it's very like raw just like you know a guy with a camera walking around there are moments in that documentary that I have saved on my phone where I'm like this is literally incriminating there's one moment where she's like standing in a hallway and just kind of like waiting to go out on stage and uh this she's wearing this like bangle bracelet that's like really loud and like rattly and this guy, this girl is like, oh, Brittany, like, is your bracelet going to be loud on stage? And she turns around and she goes, she goes, no, it's full payback. It's full playback. It's full playback. They won't be able to hear me. And the guy, this guy, this like bodyguard, like lowers the guy's camera because he doesn't like, he's like, don't use that. But everything they caught was like used. It's amazing. That's so funny. Um, watching the, so I have never actually seen the live from Miami, the Onyx Hotel tour video for some mm-hmm. reason. Uh, I watched it today. And the backup singers are so much better than her. It's insane. Cause like she, she's lip syncing most of the time, except for during every time I actually think she sings that live for live from Miami because yeah. it's not good. It was like pitchy and shaky and like kind of off. And then like the background singers are so good in the background in comparison. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. That, that was something that I wanted to talk to you about actually that tour so for me, the Dream Within a Dream Tour, in my opinion, is kind of like definitive Britney. It's like the pinnacle peak. Oh, just, yeah. I saw it, that too in high school. It was the best night of my life. It just, def- to me, it defines her. Like, if you had to take everything away and say, like, what do you think, like, who is Britney Spears? That tour is Britney yeah. at her peak. Capsule to Britney. Yeah. And I remember that tour had like won all of these like awards for like sound editing. And it was like in Guinness for breaking some kind of Beatles record. Um, And then Onyx happened and Onyx is a great tour, especially looking back now, but it is very flawed. Like there are like a lot of things wrong with it. And the sound, I remember being a really big problem because her recorded vocals are almost completely muted. Yeah, it wasn't good. The sound was really bad. Um, <laughs> the sound on the ABC special that I watched as well today, that oh. even before the Onyx Hotel tour show, it was like the first promo that they did on television for it, and it wasn't live. And I think that had a lot to do with it, um, was way better. The sound was much clearer. But I also don't think she was singing at all. Even during every time, I don't think she was singing. So the ABC one, I've read that there's a version of it where she is singing, but her management overdubbed. You know, sometimes they would do that where like she would perform live. And then if it was something that was like going out on TV, they would, um, what are you, I don't know, like the voice. Yeah, they would like put her sound, her music over the sound of her singing. Um, yeah, that ABC thing is also fucking incredible. 
Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting um, special because they intertwine the interviews and different clips of her in with the songs. But her outfits were really killer. That whole special was so exciting. Like she wore that nude fake tattoo shirt oh with my the God. latex red corset and then and then she, for toxic and then she takes it off for slave or for whatever she's gonna do she takes it off and she's wearing just a bra and then she like puts the shirt the tattoo shirt over her head and like just is wearing it as a shrug and she just looks like sex on a stick like this was her hottest year i think in general i also don't know if she's ever danced harder than that abc special i mean i don't god it everything she had like you would have thought that it was like the last time she would ever perform the way she was performing it's crazy it was a big year for her too because she had the super bowl so she had probably more exposure to everyday america than she's ever had before not to say she wasn't a huge star at that point in her own right but like when you get like super bowl coverage and like people's Mm -hmm. grandmas know who you are that's when you become like so world famous and i think after that is kind of when the exposure became too much for her. Yeah, it's like, especially, I think, especially in that ABC special, like, she's just so, it's like, this time period, you just want to, as a fan, you just want to, like, hold her by her shoulders and be like, girl, like, you are so naive, and you have no idea what's about to come your way in, like, a couple years. Like, you have no idea. And at that time, she was just still so... I guess maybe that's why I love In the Zone so much, because it's... I always say that it's the last period of <clears throat> what I consider to be, like, the first chapter of Britney's career. Like, bef- like everything pre-breakdown, where it's, like, it's the last sort of year of, like, naive Britney. It was pre, pre-K-Fed. Yeah. There's, like, the pre-K-Fed years, and then there's, like, the K-Fed years... And then it goes into, like, when she started dating her manager. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about that. <laughs> it's Jason. like, you just look at her and want to be like, dude, like, get out. Run. You have no idea what's about to happen. I know. She has terrible taste in men. I feel bad. But, like, her dad sucks. So I'm not surprised she, like, picks people who, you know, seem fun-loving, but then in reality, like, aren't that good of people or, like, aren't as driven as they could be because you know there's outside sources or distractions yeah I mean I guess I I think she would definitely have to be like in the top three of like women in Hollywood who have chosen just consecutively the worst men it's like it's hard to even look back and from hookups to relationships it's hard to even look back and be like well that wasn't so bad there is none of that I know. Lindsay Lohan's coming to mind for me for that, but also she's never been married, surprisingly. I know. Isn't that crazy? You'd think she would have gotten married at least once by now. I know. Who's to say, though? I mean, now, if she does get married, it'll be to some guy that's, like, paying her in Dubai. I'm I'm fine with her journey right now. I think Lindsay's exactly where she needs to be. She's actually, she's making money. She put out a new single. Like, she's doing better than, than probably her siblings. Yeah, she's, like, doing the best that she's probably done in over a decade. You know what I mean? It's, like, how can you, you know, I mean, she's doing her thing. Like, she's not doing anything that's, like, so different than what so many people do, even just in L.A., you know? No, yeah, not at all. I think she's just, like, more, she's more of an influencer now than an actress. So she's kind of, like, leaning into the influencer life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay, Jesus Christ. Um, 
<laughs> I also wanted to talk to you. One of the things that I also love about like the in the zone era, I guess, and just like this time in Britney's life is her. I love like the New York phase of Britney. I love Britney just being like a footloose, fa- fancy free gal out. Speaking of guys, just like fucking guys hooking up, dating people, just being like a young girl on the loose. She. Okay, so I have a Britney Spears magazine cover collection of all, pretty much all of her magazine covers she's ever been on forever. And I've been rereading them chronologically because we're in quarantine and that's what you do. So mm-hmm. she has said so many times, even so far, I think I'm in 2002 right now, that she is Carrie Bradshaw. And that yeah. it, she relates to sex in the city so much and that she's such a Carrie and like just her being in sex in the city, city, I'm sure was just like the best thing that could have happened to her. Like, I think if she could have moved to New York and lived there full time, her whole life would have been different. I think so too. I think it, I think she would have done like a Broadway show. I feel like her career would have been a little more artsy fartsy, as she would say, Mm -hmm. than had become. I 1000% agree with you. I think any, I don't. I think it would be hard to to uh, to argue that some of her happiest times were when she was like allowed to just kind of roam around New York City and like date people and like go to nightclubs and be like a know. cool girl. Yeah, like she was cool. Like it's kind of like in the in uh, for the record when she describes herself and she says like I was a cool chick. You know, she was. She was like yeah. making out with Colin Farrell and. Wearing like party with Natalie Portman. That's fucking cool. Yeah, like she was like very chic. You know what I mean? I don't think many people look at Britney and think like New York City gal. But for a time, that's who she was and who she saw herself as. I know, me too. And I never have lived in New York in my life. But I swear when I was like 20 to 23, that is definitely how I saw myself for some reason. Oh, of course. Just smoking Marb Lights and walking around New York. Yeah, Camel Lights. But yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk more about songs on this album okay i want to talk about the brave new girl song okay it's a sleeper it's it's not a bop but it's kind of a bop um and they made a movie about it on abc family pretty sure that's why they also did the abc special for her thing she must have signed some sort of oh yeah just you know putting my producer hat on or whatever um and that song is hilarious. It's kind of like an updated version of anticipating, I want to mm-hmm. say, um, but it's like so cheesy, like a 12-year-old girl would sing Brave New Girl, mm-hmm. but it all is really encouraging. Like if you play it for yourself before a job interview or something, you're definitely going to walk in there with like, that's right, what's up? Like, <laughs> and at a Jew school as a uh, kindergarten teacher for a long time and I was really good friends with our music teacher and one day my friend Adam brought the the male lead of that ABC family movie to our synagogue as like his guest for the day oh my and, god uh, he had never he hadn't gotten to meet Brittany um because she like wasn't on the set even though her and Lynn were executive producers mm-hmm. um, that was my Back then, that was my, like, one one person away from Britney moment for me. I was like, tell me everything. That First of all, that's, like, such a deep cut. I am literally can't express how excited I am that that's the first song that you brought up. Like, I, like, am living. I forgot about it until it 
played and I was like, oh yeah, Brave New Girl. Cause that's the song that sounds most like it would be on the Britney album. Mm-hmm. Oops. It sounds like, like early, early Britney to me. I actually, um, <clears throat> I was listening to an interview. I want to say it was with, um, is his name Joseph Kahn, the, vid- the music video director? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking about, you know, his like years of working with Britney and like how they sort of helped push each other's careers in these really big, massive ways. And he was saying that back in the day when he worked with her a lot, well, the music that she was releasing was music that was unapologetically feminist during a time when that wasn't really a thing. Like she was one of the only female pop singers that wasn't singing about like, like looking at your man's pager and seeing that he's been cheaping or whatever. You know what I mean? Like she was like writing music about just being like independently strong, no pun intended. Uh, And that was, you know, a huge, huge, huge unintentional draw. Like, it was something that a lot of kids, young girls probably didn't realize that they were like really being inspired by, but like subconsciously, but it was a massive thing. Yeah. She, I think she got, gets that from Madonna because Madonna's hasn't done a lot of victimization kind of name blaming music. She's always been just like about her and like her well being. I think that's what Britney's like whole thing is. It's just like self empowerment or it was. Yeah at k-fed and then she definitely wrote some songs about him on blackout <laughs> yeah for sure why should i be sad is one of my favorite britney songs of all time sad i know going to vegas with a pocket full of paper it is so sad <laughs> um it's also just fucking wild that like this album is the first britney collaboration i mean we have to talk about the fact that britney no collab- yeah, but or, no, I'm sorry, not first Britney collaboration, Madonna's first collaboration. Oh, wait, sorry. her first collaboration? Yeah, that was Madonna's first collab with another person, like, on oh. their album. Wow. Crazy? That is crazy. That is, that really speaks highly, too, for Britney. And this is when, do you remember when Madonna wore a Britney shirt and Britney wore a Madonna shirt? That yes. was like, time, too, and that was so great. <laughs> I think it's hard for young, younger people to understand how important because they didn't grow up in a madonna time it's hard for them to understand how monumental and like all-encompassing it was that madonna had sort of publicly declared she had basically verbalized not verbally britney is the next madonna like i'm giving my blessing oh yeah like that was like holy shit like it's been determined we have a new she will slide into the slot as like the queen of pop after Madonna's gone. Well, that was so exciting as a fan too, because like I, you know, we know she loves Madonna. So like mm-hmm. the moment when like Madonna wears her shirt, I was like, I bet she is so happy right now. Or like you know that yeah. moment where Britney danced on stage with Michael Jackson. Yes. Thinking that whole time, like this is Britney's dream. Like. Yeah regular person and she grew up idolizing stars too and like this is her dream and she's making it come true and I took so much inspiration from that speaking of actually that's something that I wanted to talk to you about because I feel like I never can talk to talk to people about this so as much as I am like about to contradict everything I say it's my favorite thing to do on my podcast um (laughs) so as much as I know of course that Britney was like a massive Madonna fan I also don't think it's mentioned enough how big of an inspiration Janet Jackson was to Britney, especially in her dancing. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Huge. She, she talks about Janet a lot in these early interviews that I'm reading in magazines. Like when you, it's actually, to be honest with you, this is a weird thing that I've been doing recently. Like this is my new kink is watching video, like comparing Britney videos to Janet videos and like Britney choreography to Janet choreography. A lot of them, like perfect example, Britney's music video, the original video for Overprotected, like the not remix and Janet's music video for Pleasure Principle. It is almost an identical concept and a lot of the choreography is like almost exactly the same. Like the way that they move is the same. You can just tell, I think like the storyline of Britney being inspired by Madonna just was like more headliney. Well, people don't give Janet as much credit as they should in general as a cultural icon. Like It's, it's disgusting. All- She's always like his little sister. She's honestly never, still to this day, like Justin only fucked it up more. Yeah. But like she just doesn't, she doesn't get the recognition she deserves. I, I was lucky enough to see her perform a couple years ago, like five years ago, and it blew my fucking face off. Like, and she was 50 at the time. Like she's incredible, incredible. And she has so many hits. And like, you forget how many hits there are from Control after. It's insane. Oh my God. And like the influence that she had, like, Janet Jackson and Madonna were always, like, the two girls that were, like, as far as, like, innovative music videos, like, pushing sexuality, you know, Janet had, like, just as much of this really crazy exploratory sexual phase, you know, like, of masturbating on stage and stuff, and even that, like, her, like, masturbating on stage, Britney almost copied it identically for uh, the Onyx Hotel tour, like, she was just such a massive inspiration for her. Oh, yeah. And she would change her look all the time, too. Like, she was into, like, the velvet rope look, and she mm-hmm. would so many different aesthetics, and she was always changing. Yeah, if you guys are, again, if you're bored, which I know you are, so you have no excuse, literally, back-to-back, watch, start with Pleasure Principle and, like, live in the fantasy, and then watch the original overprotected video. It is crazy. It's like, wow, like, these are the same person. I feel like I've only seen the Dark Child remix. I have to, I'll have to read, I'm going to do that when I get off the phone. Okay. I can't wait to like talk like, for you to text me about it. Um, but yeah, in the, of course it's like Me Against the Music is a massive thing. Me Against the Music is also a very fucking weird song. It's her worst song. It's terrible, right? Any hands. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad. bad. <laughs> Chorus. Like I fuck with the idea of like up against a speaker. It's like I used to really harness that energy when I would go to the rave back when I was a raver but <laughs> song itself is not good and the and um the in the zone walkthrough Instagram thing I went to LA and I did it recently before we got locked down like the weekend before we got locked down mm-hmm. and it's also not good like it's terrible right I've heard it's really bad um yeah it wasn't good and it wasn't worth the money and honestly I feel bad for going now because I am on team free Britney that yeah. I basically gave Larry money and I gave Lou Taylor money for her to like give to her husband's like conversion camp that they run. So like, I don't know, even today I was going to buy like a Urban Outfitters vinyl for Britney Jean, which is like, I know, LOL, but like it'll complete my collection for vinyl. But then every time I do that, I feel like I'm giving the people who are holding her captive money. So I'm very conflicted. I know it's hard. Just the, the concept, even Britney removed, like the concept of like pop-up things like that are so weird to me. They are weird. I've been to a few now, and they're pretty silly. Like, 
just an Instagram room where you just, it's like so, such a weird black mirror-y concept. Yeah. The rooms, they like have you write letters to Britney. And so I wrote Free Britney on it and turned it in. And then I wow. stole a whole pad of stationery. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> Good. Like I'm going to sell this on eBay one day or just keep it forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like helping fight the power. You're, that was, I would have done the same thing. um i find it ironic that you what do you not like about every time or what is it about that ballad specifically that you're not into um i do like that she wrote it melodically and lyrically i think it's a very personal song which is like good for her but like Mm -hmm. i don't like it and i think also because everyone else likes it Mm -hmm. not like it just because I'm kind of a contrarian and I like the video though the video is fucking dope um yeah even like at piece of me um every time it would come on I'd go get another drink like I'm just not I don't know shadow is just such a better song and I think it it's like deeper but like then again it's probably not because she didn't write it so I don't know I get what you mean though. Shadow is such an epic ballad. It's like a it's like a soundtrack ballad almost, you know? Yeah. And it's so dramatic. And I just remember I had kind of have a moment, especially watching the Onyx Hotel tour again, that during that song on the tour, she's in her big swing that has the Cirque du Soleil silks mm. and she's having mm. people do Cirque du Soleil stuff. But then on the floor on the main stage, people are doing like really technical ballet and modern dance. And I remember thinking oh, I can't be one of her dancers. I'm not. <laughs> I'm an intermediate hip-hop dancer. Like, not technically aligned to this career choice. <laughs> yeah, her... With a dance degree, I just decided I would probably be a teacher after that instead of, like, a performer. But I remember watching that and being, like, blown away that, like, this is the time... Like, she's making pop music that they're dancing classically to. Yeah. And of that was so beautiful to me. I think you probably could have done it during Dream Within a Dream. I mean, that was just much more like people fucking dancing hard and like sexy. Oh my God, so hard. I was like obsessed with her dance captain too, Teresa, the like white girl with the red hair. Oh, I follow her on Instagram. I have a crush on her still, I think. (laughs) I love her dancer. I still, you know, I would love to be one of her dancers in general just because of her loyalty too. Like, yeah so loyal to the people who are loyal to her like she is definitely keeping willie gomez's lights on you know yes and shout out to what's his name andre yeah andre her friend her choreographer who was her yeah. name he's did he die dude he died and yeah, he sucks. was in he died and was like in his apartment for like two weeks and nobody knew no yeah and like her team never like let her say anything publicly about him that always killed me so sad like i mean he was there from like the moment we were introduced to her she's still friends with the blonde girl that was in the sometimes video and i think they were all friends it was like andre her and like tj i feel like were like her main dancers at that point (laughs) me and my so me and my best friend amanda we're (laughs) we're like britney friends or whatever (laughs) and uh we used to have like like uh like nicknames for all her dancers just to kind of like be able to describe them really quickly because we didn't know any of their names and it would be like nipples like blonde hair (laughs) (laughs) 
like big teeth. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've, I'm, I'm a cliche in the sense that I really, I've, I like every time. I like what that video, I think the video is amazing. And I think that video represents such a crazy time in her life, like where she was clearly, so clearly trying to communicate, like I am on the verge of losing my fucking shit. I want to be dead. Like, I'm, somebody help me. Yeah. There's a lot of symbolism in that, in that video, for sure. And you remember that she, like, wanted to die in it, but they were like, no, you can't? Yes. She always wants to do, like, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, you know how that's changed now? I feel like back then, she wanted to do more risque stuff, and her management said no. And now her management's saying, like, yeah, let's fucking go for it and make the original Make Me video with, like, an orgy with all your dancers. Mm-hmm. And is it back and is like no 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 they've really i feel like they've almost switched roles as far as that goes yeah i would totally i that's like one of the weirdest things to me is like i always say she went from being this like <laughs> she went from being this like well-mannered southern girl who calls everybody sir and is very respectful to being like rebellious to then like full-on like lick it snort it suck it fuck it and then has now reverted back to being a well-mannered, soft-spoken, quiet baby girl, everybody is sir, you know, don't talk too loud kind of thing. It's weird. Yeah, I know. And part of me wonders, like, is that just her personality when she's sober? Or is that because they have her on, like, a cocktail of meds? Or is she just, like, a mom now so she doesn't feel like she can, like, be wild and sexy because it's irresponsible or what? Like, I wish I could hang out with her and ask her a lot of questions, but... I think we all do. I wish that I, I just wish that I could understand. Like, I wish that I could watch an old video of her talking to a stage and, like, watching her be so confident and, like, command a room and smart and funny and, like, insightful and spiritual and, like, just so quick, you know, and charming and magnetic and I wish that I could understand where that went. I know, because like, now she's just, like, sweet. Yeah, and that's it. Just sweet, baby girl, good girl. You guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. You guys, I am back with another friendly reminder that I've single-handedly found the absolute best way for you to occupy your downtime, and that's with my favorite multi-level puzzle game. I am partnering again this week with Best Fiends. I've very quickly gone from someone who doesn't really dabble in puzzle games to becoming somewhat of an expert. And by expert, I mean it's currently the most used app on my phone. I feel like that counts. Best Fiends has everything you could want in a mobile puzzle game. The graphics are really bright and visually stunning. It moves really quickly, which my ADD brain loves. And it's mentally stimulating enough that it keeps your brain busy for short or long periods of time. It's also easy enough to play that pretty much anyone can jump right into it and not feel overwhelmed. Now that the weather is breaking, one of my favorite things to do is sit outside on this little bench that's outside my apartment building, you know, put on my headphones, listen to a podcast, and just get lost in this game for a little while. I don't know if anybody's keeping track, but your boy is at level 865. You know what I mean? I'm not really one to brag. I'm a humble queen, but I feel like it should uh, it should be stated. One of the best things about Best Fiends is that it doesn't require an internet connection, so you can literally play whenever you want. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. 
Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Like my meet and greet, I did a meet and greet in Vegas and she was so nice and so sweet and um, complimented me because she had chosen me to be her freak show victim and I got to dance with her and like get tied up with her and stuff um, like a couple days before our meet and greet. And so she remembered me and it was so nice but she had an air about her that was like waiting for Larry to like tell her no or like Oof. be like, okay. Or like you could just tell that she like really wasn't, maybe didn't feel free to say anything she wanted to. Not that she's going to say something to me that's like, you know, mind blowing. I'm some stranger that paid to meet her, you know, but like, yeah. I don't think she could if she wanted to. Like I got a vibe from her that she was, I don't know, just like being watched. She's just being watched all the time. Yeah. It feels like she's just like kind of succumbed to her circumstance. Like she's, she, to me, it feels like she's just kind of given up. Like in a lot of ways she's given up on trying to, you know, after 20 years of being this like rebellious girl who in her own little ways would like push whatever rules she had, you know, like, which obviously kind of like got bigger and bigger over time. Eventually she just kind of like gave in where she was like, you know what? I just have a conservatorship and I'm just not allowed to drive and I can't spend the money that I want to spend. And that just is what it is. I know she did try to get out of that for a while. And then it looks like she just stopped trying until this last couple of years. And now it's like they were postponing all her court dates even before COVID happens. And now I think all of her stuff is postponed until August this far, if I'm correct. Yeah, and it's like they keep postponing it and then they go and then nothing changes. It's just like such a sick, fucked up cycle. Well, it's so crazy to think that like she can't hire her own lawyer. So even if she wanted to get out of this, she can't even hire her own lawyer. And everyone makes so much money off the conservatorship that they're not going to want to stop it. Our legal system is so fucked up. Like even, you know, everybody looks at that and knows. And now all this stuff is like public knowledge. And you know, I mentioned, actually, I'm, like, interested in knowing your opinion on this, because one of the things that I've mentioned in the past is, like, as a Britney fan, a lot of this stuff that came out during Free Britney was, like, sort of shorthand to a lot of people who have been following her career for a long time, whereas, like, the general public was, like, picking up on all this stuff, and I feel like kind of making it, kind of, like, making it even worse, like, sort of confusing people, and there's a lot of information, you know, 10 years of stuff that people haven't really followed to just kind of like pick up on yeah like it just didn't seem like it was uh I don't know helpful in a lot of ways but also at the same time like was helpful because it exposed what was going on you want to know the most random thing that I found out about the Onyx Hotel tour please okay so you know how they have the like little interludes in between the songs so she can do a costume change Mm -hmm. one of them like um It basically goes from boys where she's wearing, uh, she's like in the checkout room. That's like, okay. So like the Onyx Hotel tour, they had the different places in the hotel. They had, they started with the lobby where you check in and then they went to the Mystic Garden and then they went to the lounge and then they went into the room itself where they did all like the sexy breathe on me stuff. So right before they do the garden section, they play this video of Britney with her girlfriends where she's like, ooh, he like hit on me, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. And then sees Get Smith come out of a 
wall and appear like like out of nowhere but only Britney <laughs> and then she's like wait hold on no one else saw that and then like chases it around into like a smoky alleyway and then Jada Pinkett Smith puts her hands on a wall and then it disappears to show this like beautiful garden and then no not the garden I think it's I think it's the lounge wait I don't yeah, know some and, room yeah, to the lounge it's so funny she's like Jada's in like a flapper costume and it's supposed to be like 1920s, 1930s themed. It's so random. Like, why did Jada agree to do that? How much money did she make? They never credit her in <laughs> the credits of the thing. It's insane. It was the fu- I was really surprised to all of a sudden see Jada Pinkett Smith in there. So, you know what I'm absolutely weird this is a really weird thing and I don't know if you remember this or not but for a few legs of the tour I'm not really I don't know if it was just like in Europe or if it was here I'm not really sure but Jada was in like a screamo rock band that opened for Britney what (laughs) yes dude (laughs) she was in a like it's, I don't, it's, the name of the band is something so silly. I can't think of it. That's where Willow gets it. It is where Willow gets it. But yeah, Jada opened for Britney, like, with this, like, rock and roll band. And, but yeah, like, the, that's what I'm talking about when I say that the tour is, like, amazing, but, like, so flawed. Like, it's a mess. What is it? Wicked Wisdom. Yes, Wicked Wisdom dude you have to watch some of their music videos like it's crazy seeing jada be like a rocker or whatever literally it says associated acts will smith fishbone britney spears and bury your dead that's the most random i've ever (laughs) it's crazy i want to say i mean my onyx hotel hotel tour got canceled the night of um but i want to say she was supposed to open i think she was there yeah. Wicked Wisdom lands at a slot on Britney Spears' Onyx Hotel Tour in 2004, one of the year's highest profile tours. To promote it, the band opened for Spears for eight dates in April and May. And then they went on to play OzFest the next year. <laughs> Jada Pinkett. So random. Oh my god. But it's just like, it's such a mess. Like, the concept is great. You know, it's amazing. This hotel, she's like dancing in, um, like baggage rollies and you know like it's really cool but it's also just such a mess and all of the graphics like those videos first of all it is an assault of early 2000s technology the green screen and all of the things is just fucking it is it's bad wild and jada like breaks that wall it is like the whole visuals are bad like the live from Miami the way they shot it was really distracting I had a really hard time watching it um just because they jump around shots so much and then they try to like put this uh like cartoonish kind of facade over the camera for some things to make it kind of look tour book it's it was really a confusing time where they tried to like get crazy with the animation even though it was a it didn't need animation I don't know it was weird it just feels like cheap which is crazy because as you mentioned previously it's one of it was one of the biggest tours of the year just like 
all over the world and it just feels like it was like put together so quickly and shoddily uh to tour that whole year i think it opened up in march and was supposed to go all the way until like august i'm pretty sure or september something like that so they canceled i'd say half the tour it's wild for the second leg i had four throw tickets to go see her at the shoreline amphitheater in mountain view and it still would have been the only time I could have seen her in an outdoor arena. I've only wow. ever. I know. I was so sad. I was pissed. And I fucking hated K-Fed because of that. I totally blamed that whole thing on him. And actually refused to watch Chaotic till years later because I was like, nah, fuck him. I don't want to watch his dude. Literally one of the worst. I mean, not one of the fir- the worst, but like as a young person, like, one of, the, one of the times that I remember being the most disrespectful to my mom was because my mom was obviously fucking pissed that she bought those tickets, and it was my birthday, and, like, my mom paid money for those tickets, so she was, like, livid, and she was, like, you know, like, we found out that the tour got canceled because there were, we were leaving, and the, the news had all these kids standing outside crying, holding Britney Spears signs. So I was like, I didn't have to like turn it on to know what was going on. And my mom was like, that fucking bitch. And even after she like broke my heart, I was like, don't you talk about her that way. How fucking dare you? Even still, I was defending her. I mean, good. You're loyal. I I literally get into fights in high school with boyfriends about Britney Spears. Like, don't. (laughs) come for me like love me love Brittany I'm sorry we're a package deal you don't like it get the fuck out of here yeah like you have to learn how to use respectful language uh, <laughs> but no it is it is it just it's something that's always been so glaring to me because I mean you know the dream within a dream tour was like there was a a, a waterfall there a live waterfall indoors I mean it was crazy catwalk there was like you know it was crazy they spent so much money on set production for that tour and what they said when i was looking at the onyx hotel wikipedia today was that they wanted it to be a new york theater style and they Mm -hmm. actually the theme around a broadway musical called the grand hotel um so they kind of they didn't want to have like a lot of you know pyrotechnics and they had the swing that she was on for shadow but that was pretty much the only like flying piece that they had and they reused set pieces too like the thing she comes on at the very beginning the like big hotel um baggage rack they Mm -hmm. end up for slave for the jungle scene and they just added like leaves to it so it was definitely a lower production show but I think that the visuals of the costumes and her like really small movements, like some of these songs, she, I think it's touching my hand where she has just really small movements and breathe on me too. And you can see them so well because you don't have all this extra stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about her and not like her dance battling herself on screen. Yeah, now that you mention it, it really does have a, like, Broadway theater production quality to it. It's very, you know. That's what they were going for, as far as, like, the look and the feel. They wanted it to be, like, a a really theater, artsy, but sexy time. 
I've always thought that dream within the with the dream within a dream, God willing, of Britney's danceability right now is what it used to be. Dream within a dream is her Vegas show. Like, if she was able to pull off now, like an a a Vegas show like she could have when she was like twenty one, it would look like that. Yeah, it would. It would too because she loves a catwalk. She wants to you know walk far. Like, I think her not having enough stage is more of a problem than her having too much. 1,000% agree. We need that Britney walk. Yeah. Her little, like, wop, like, jump, jump walk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then... Funny part of her, not funny, but, like, a really interesting part of her tour that I don't remember it happening as I was there was that one of the last segments they have going into the hotel room segments where she's in the little pink suit they're like mm-hmm. is they have security guards watching the cameras and it's all about like them like these two ugly security guards like watching the cameras in the hotel to like perv out on people and then their manager comes in and yells at them but then sees Brittany and is like oh I get why you're watching it like she's so hot and then in real life that's the interlude and then she comes out and she's in her room or whatever and there's a security guard one of the dancers is dressed up like a security guard on stage watching this tv and then she's like x hmm. on the bed but i never put together that like there's a security guard watching her fuck this dude in her hotel room yeah so kinky god she really like at this time this was like the quintessential like i'm at a concert with my mom and i'm a teenager but britney is masturbating on stage moment i saw it with my mom too and my sister we all went <laughs> like it is I mean she really was feeling her fucking oats at this time she was like I want all of you to know that I have been fucked I like to fuck and I'm going to continue to get fucked I learned how to have an orgasm Mm -hmm. like there's definitely she like probably had a a rabbit I feel like at that point (laughs) for sure oh my god that's so accurate yeah she just bought whatever Samantha Jones told her to I would too (laughs) <laughs> she she definitely had a rabbit for sure on tour. I definitely feel like I'm actually Miranda because I'm so type A. I'm like I'm like if a Miranda and Samantha were combined. Oh yeah, I'm definitely a Miranda. I was a Miranda when it was like I was used to be uncomfortable telling people like so, back in the day. I like didn't self-identify as that until a few years ago when someone someone called me type a like five years ago and I was like what fuck you but then I realized like wow I am actually really type a they were not wrong it's not an insult if it's true (laughs) and type a people get shit done I fucking wish I was type a my god I'm surprised you're not you're so capable and you get you like produce a lot of content thank you yeah thank you yeah i uh it's i i'm a procrastinator i white knuckle it i do everything at three in the morning before it's due like that's very much me Hmm. but i do remember back in the day like when me and my like girlfriends would watch sex in the city and we would like choose who we were they would all be like you know it was like 2001 so they'd be like i'm charlotte everybody like wanted to be charlotte like or carrie and i'd be like i'm miranda I always wanted to be Charlotte, and that was not me. Like, okay. I'm a sweet, pristine, like, <laughs> like white lace gloves gal. It's like, no. That's so funny. You know um, what I was really progressive about this show was that 
during Breathe On Me when she was on the bed with the checker-haired guy, like, licking her stomach. Mm-hmm. The were doing their own thing on the stage, like, as couples, and they had gay couples on the stage. Wow. I didn't realize that till I watched it today, is that there were two guys on stage, like, also simulating sex, which is, like, pretty progressive. You know, I always say, like, Britney... I mean, she obviously had to, like, like run so so many people could fly. But, like, she grew up in a time, and she was really the most famous she's ever been during a time when, like, it was really only people like Madonna and, uh, and, and like, Cher. And, like, it wasn't really young pop stars who embraced, who were allowed to publicly embrace their gay fan base the way that they are now. Yeah. It just was a different time. And, like, even though so many of the people at Britney's shows were gay people or, like, people who were just, like, a part of the community, um, she wasn't able – she missed that opportunity to be, like, where my gay's at. You know what I mean? Like, she she never was able to be that pop star, even though she was. I don't think she ever really acknowledged her gay fans until on X Factor when the producers set her up to have – john phillips or whatever his name is who did that duet with her come and like accuse her of like not liking him because he was gay or whatever and that was like pretty much the first time i think she's ever taken a stance on like gay people um and then and then after that she would openly like write letters to her gay fans and stuff but i think it i think it was one of those things she just never talked about out loud yeah um and also i think probably like you can't you can't be in this industry and literally surround yourself with gay dancers and choreographers and makeup people and hair people and whatever without like being chill with it like i don't know yeah. how to get shit done in the entertainment industry like who's doing your shit for you i know like tommy lauren who is doing your hair yeah i mean like, literally it's weird have you ever seen <clears throat> um in the zone and out all night no we should, you should watch that when we're done recording. It's you probably honestly have and just forgot, but it's a, it's an MTV special where she like nobody knows any of the in the zone songs yet, and she shows up. It starts at like eleven p.m. and then it ends at like four in the morning, I think. And those clubs in New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was amazing. Can you imagine being in the fucking club and Britney does three songs? Dude, I remember her going to. She went to one gay club and God is funny. Yeah. Or God is funny. Oh my fucking God. I didn't mean to say God is funny. Anybody who knows who God is funny is, like, is dying right now that I mentioned that. Me and my friends have a lot of inside jokes about God is funny. Is that a- <laughs> God is funny is like an old YouTube video. Just yeah. when we're done talking, just YouTube God is funny. It's really inappropriate. Um, Lady Bunny introduced her and i just remember being a teenager and being like whoa this is crazy you know that was just like not a time when like a young pop star would do something like that unless you were madonna well and i don't think people in general like knew about drag queens unless they were in that culture and it's not you know it's so widespread now but like back then i don't like can you imagine like larry going to like a drag show oh my god Back then, it'd be hilarious because he'd be like, "Okay, I mean, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> With his like baseball hat and like ringer tee on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what is your favorite outfit from the Onyx Hotel tour? 
you know, it's gotta be the black, the black katsu. It's just so iconic. It is iconic. I wrote that next to it, iconic, because it is. And her tits look so good. They've like never looked that good again. I mean, her body at that time was just so fucking crazy because she was always so, she was never thin, you know? No, she's an athletic build. Yeah, she was always athletic and like had a little bubble butt and like thick, like dancer thighs. She just looked so amazing. And I actually really liked her hair. I liked her brown hair with like the highlights. Yeah, and bangs. She had like curly bangs, which I also bangs. never seen before. It was so cute. Yeah, like Bridget Bardot bangs too. Yeah, and I was re- I watched also some like bootleg specials of um, Onyx Hotel and sh- where she had blonde hair, and she looks way better as a light brunette. I think. I think so too. It like is so. I was like, yeah. I was like, fuck. I've never really put it together that she had straight across bangs on this tour. Like that's never happened before. I know. She looks so cute. What's I your wonder, favorite? Um, I think my favorite is the, um, uh, you know, she like comes in for the, okay. Well, first of all, I love in her garden outfit that she's not wearing shoes for that whole segment. I think oh. barefoot me is the best. I don't think we've ever seen that again. Oh, and, yeah. but my favorite outfit has got to be the hookup when she wears the pink bodysuit that's attached to the baggy cargo pants. And oh the pink my God. That's how I like would dress back then. And I was like, oh my God, like you are so hip hop girl. (laughs) And it's so funny. And then I had this whole idea, like, do you think that was a popular song in Jamaica? Are there like all remixes of that? There has to be. Cause like that was such a Jamaican like Rasta influenced dance hall song that like we've never gotten another reggae hit from Britney again. It has to be. And it was also just like, you're right. That was an amazing part of the fucking tour. Her dance ability at that point had just gotten so, I mean, she could just do anything. Spends that whole song dancing too. And then she, and then she leaves and then comes back and does this whole other like Congo dance because I think, or Congo? No. What are they? You know, the drums? Because they're in Miami. So they do like a whole like lap. Yeah end to like give it some like Miami flavor and yes. like, confetti because there's always confetti at a Britney show so good yeah you're right where she like spins around a lot and like does the the like high kick yes there's a good gif of that around <laughs> yeah I was from till I was watching today and I was like oh that's what it is yeah her her I mean even just her dancing during the hookup where she like jumps in the air over and over and like She's, like, jumping in the air in slow motion. Like, she just, she just, like, for so many years, for a whole decade consecutively, was dancing so often that at this point, her ability was just, like, it was unreal. Like, I remember never having read this before, but for the first time reading it about her, that they used to have a really hard time hiring dancers. Because, like, for the most part, you know, pop star dancers are meant to make them look like they're better dancers. But like during Britney's prime, she outdanced her dancers, you know? So it's like, yeah, I know, God damn it. I, one of my favorite like fetishes is imagining old Britney dancing to new Britney songs. I, I love that. Just what that's, it would look like. Yeah, that's so funny. Like imagine a 2001 Britney dancing to like, 
any new Britney song. Like, literally any song. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, oh, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Well, I guess do you have any, like, closing thoughts or statements about this album, this era, this period of her life? Um, I think this period of her life really coincides with that period of my life just because she's only she's like two years older than me Mm -hmm. and so like if slave for you was my sexual awakening touch Mm -hmm. of my hand was like me discovering like bondage you know and i just like like this just took me to a whole nother level of like fun respectful sluttiness that i don't think i've had since that i was like so and like this was the soundtrack like this and Aaliyah's one in a million was the soundtrack to all of my like pre-dates like it was all my getting ready music all my party music like it was the best this whole album was really special too because it was an adult album that I could play for adults and listen to it whereas like the first three were like kids music wow thank you for bringing that up because I yeah you're right like this was the first time I feel like and it was her first Grammy too so now she had like critical acclaim and like it really set her up to be the powerhouse that like as you said like Madonna you know queued up for her Mm -hmm. damn that's such a good point yeah this was adult this was the this was the first Britney album that my mom my mom before my mom would like not mind having to listen to Britney in the car (laughs) <laughs> but then when this album came out, she actually had songs that she would tell me to like go to. And I used to, that used to give me goosebumps, you know? So much more complex than her other stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, this is just a really special, I think for any Britney fan, even if this isn't your favorite Britney album, if you're a, a Britney fan, this is just a really, really, really special, like just a special time. It just is like, Britney finally being celebrated as an artist unapologetically and seeing people finally warm up to the idea that she's not just, you know, like a, a singer for like kids. Like you said, like she's an adult artist who's making music with fucking Moby, you yeah. know, like she's a woman now. And like, even in her interviews, like all her interviews before that and during Justin and stuff were all about like your virginity and, um, you know, shit like that, that's like inappropriate. And now all the questions they were asking her are like, you know, do you want to start a family? And what do you see for the future? And like, like questions you would ask a normal person and like an actual adult, not like, oh, have you had sex yet? Are your boobs real? You know, dating this other pop star, blah, blah, blah. Like I watched a British interview with her and maybe that's the difference is because like it wasn't an American interview because all her American interviews from that time were not great either yeah. like she asked for people like when she tells the dude like that she likes pepsi just like regular pepsi like there's no flavor oh, yeah <laughs> she's like popping gum that was this year but like all her international interviews are so lovely and like she says like you know the thing about justin and any relationship is that the harder you love the harder you hurt and i just think that's so poignant and true for her because yeah. she especially at that point, I think now she's probably a lot more guarded with her heart, but um, I think at that point, she was just so willing to be, like, vulnerable to be in love, because, like, that's the goal, and she didn't think that hurt was possible, and so I think a lot of her 
inspiration probably came from that breakup and like finding herself through that too which is nice because I also broke up with my long-term like first love boyfriend at that time I think that's why I love Shadow Shadow's such a great breakup song yeah this is like I mean in the zone is the introduction of spiritual Britney I mean obviously Madonna played a really big part in that but like I mean yes, I forgot to tell you, she's wearing a Kabbalah bracelet during the special yeah like a red string on her on her arm during the Miami special you can just see that she was on this path of like self-discovery and it what's sad is that that was taken from her because she was figuring herself out in a way that felt organic and natural and honest I mean for her all those years to have gone through all of that trauma surrounding her virginity to now being in a place where she can not only talk about the fact that she has had sex, but she can explore different facets of sex and, you know, be open about the fact that she's like been attracted to women and, you know, pretend to masturbate on stage. Like she can actually own her sexuality. Like that was such a big deal. And it just makes me so sad that like so soon after it was all taken from her. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any. I think that we checked every box. That was really great. I love talking about In The Zone. That was really fun for me to revisit. I have not listened to the album in full or watched that tour in years and years. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. I mean, this is like, I mean, for me to put this album to rest on this podcast is like a really big deal. So like, thank you for doing this with me. Of course. I'll come back anytime. I love your show. Thank you. Tell people where they can, uh, where you want to be followed on the internet. You can follow me on Instagram at holler at me, just as it sounds. Um, I'm private, but if you request me, I'll let you follow me. Cool. Well, you're definitely coming back. I mean, we'll just have to figure out what Britney album you want to talk about next, and I'm down. Oh my God, amazing. We should do a Crossroads episode. Do you want to do that? I'm being serious. Yeah, I would love to do that. Because like, I'm reading all these things in these magazines, and she keeps talking about how many scripts that she is reading. And like, like what scripts was she reading? I have so many, I have so many questions about like, I'm basically going through these magazines and I'm writing down random shit that she says that is hilarious to me. And that like, you wouldn't normally find, like she had 20 scripts in her SNL dressing room that she oh was reading. Fucking what fucking movies could she have been? And then it said that she, okay. Also they were going to do a fashion line called Britney's jeans. Okay. <laughs> what? Incredible. Yes. So good. What? There's a few things. I'll send you some of the highlights of the, some of the stuff that I'm finding that is hilarious to me of just like ideas that they had that they might do, you know, that oh. never, that now we know never came to fruition. So funny. Oh my God. I'm going to, okay. So next week let's watch Crossroads. We'll do it beat by beat the whole movie. Okay. Uh, and we'll talk. I mean, I have a lot of things to say. I don't know if you've ever read any of the stories about her and Taryn Manning. No. Well, no, about them partying. About them partying and like possibly hooking up. No, I don't know much about it, but I would like to get to know more. Taryn's a fucking badass. And I also have a theory that Brittany, much like myself, was obsessed with the movie Center Stage, and that's why she cast Zoe Saldana in her movie. Oh, I could totally see that. I'm pretty sure she was like, ooh, the, like, sassy black girl. Like, we want that. It makes a lot of sense for Crossroads because in one of these articles, it said that she wanted to start playing a supporting actress so that there wasn't too much pressure on her. So the ensemble cast makes a lot of sense there. Oh my God, I'm so ex- I'm so happy that you brought up Crossroads. We're doing that, and 
Fuck. Oh my god. Well, I love you, and I'm gonna immediately message you when we're done recording. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.